and welcome to the Enchantress Society with Tia Johnson, a place where you get to be you, where you get to unlock your magic in a sacred and judgment-free zone. The Enchantress Society is your witchy sisterhood of enchanting women who guides and supports you along your spiritual journey from the mundane to the magical. I invite you to sit for a spell as I interview guests and spill the spiritual tea on how we can create the magical life we deserve. Hello there and welcome back. I am so thrilled to dive into this episode because I have a newfound appreciation for some of my favorite things to do, have a casual drink. All right. So here we are. Must have witchy cocktails for this season with witchcraft cocktails. Let me tell you all about our guest here, Julia Haddis. All right. She is a practicing witch and avid craft cocktail fanatic and bartender. Having worked at a distillery and as a craft cocktail bartender in the San Francisco Bay Area, she combined her love of the craft cocktail movement with her witchcraft practice. She holds a BA in anthropology and is a certified crystal healer, shamanic, and Reiki practitioner. And I will post the link to her website and Instagram in the description of this bio. So get her book, check her out. And trust me, you will not regret this. Julia, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Oh, yes. As we were talking before the recording, I truly have a newfound appreciation for wine, beer, etc. And I have so many highlights (laughs) in your book because I'm going to use this as references. So thank you for breaking down this process. Oh yeah, of course. And you know, it's just so funny. I was thinking about like even growing up and when witchcraft was much more, um, you know, portrayed in fantasy and things like that, how potions were a prominent thing. And then you get into witchcraft and finally stumble upon the craft cocktail movement. And it's like, oh, those potions can be real. So it's a lot of fun for sure. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, it's, it's so interesting because now more than ever, people want to understand you know, what's in the food I'm drinking, what's in or food I'm drinking, the food I'm eating, the uh, liquids that I'm drinking, what what's actually in there? What are the ingredients? So I love how you talk about, you know, the essence of a rose, you know, things that make up, you know, various cocktails, but now there's a newfound um, understanding of that because of knowing that this is extracted from that, or this is how this is made. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, especially when you do magically align a craft cocktail. So if you've got a specific intention in mind, which is what I kind of do with my book, and you pick the base alcohol based off of what it's made out of, and then align various ingredients that you want to use, like rosemary for purification and psychic enhancement, and you put all of that together. And it really does make you feel that specific way when you intentionally align all those ingredients. And then that's, I could go off on a whole spiel here, but it's like, (laughs) that also gives you a whole layer of 
taking the things that you put in the cocktail as well, magically aligning that to help you feel a certain way. And then you can also put those same ingredients in some spell work you do, like in a bath um, Mm. that you can take while you're sipping away or even in a candle (laughs) dressing, you know, so there's so many different layers of how to work with it that makes it a lot of fun. Yes, I love the diversity in that because, you know, we, we do a lot. One day, as you, you were saying, it might be the candle dressing. Another day it could be, you know, sipping the wine while you're in the bath. But you really talk about it being a relationship with witchcraft and cocktails. And I think that's so important because it's easy to overlook that part. So when it comes to that relationship, and I know you talked about, you know, in your bio, that movement. What was that click for you that you were just like, you know what? I'm going to make this my business. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, So, I mean, I guess the primary thing is I'm lucky enough that I grew up in the Bay Area, which where we have a bunch of um, access to fresh ingredients out there, which is one of the central places where the craft cocktail movement did happen, as well as the witchcraft scene out there. So when I did finally find witchcraft, I worked in a witch shop for years called Mystic Dream. Um, And then I finally started bartending. And the second I started bartending, it was just natural to me because I'm like, hey, if I'm going to be putting this orange liqueur in this um, Cosmo or this lemon drop, like, well, orange is associated with um, creativity, positivity, abundance, all those kinds of things. And then you also got lemon, which is associated with the moon, like in a lemon drop purification, all those things. It just seemed like a natural fit for me in the same way I might put together, you know, a blend for money with chamomile and patchouli and things mm. like that. How can I mix ingredients that are non-toxic, of course, into a <laughs> beverage? So it's just a natural fit. Wow. That's, that's so beautiful because it's like two of your passions and yes. it makes it that much more stronger. And so, you know, speaking of passions, you know, people are passionate about their pumpkin spice latte. It's pumpkin everywhere. Yeah. I see even pumpkin beer and in your book. And I'm just laughing because I would never have thought to, you know, combine pumpkin and beer. But in your your book, you talk about, and I love this. Um, I'm just going to quote this because I, again, have so many things highlighted here. Uh in the beginning, you have here thousands of years ago, Sumerian women monitored the fermentation of beer by singing hymns. And so, you know, this goes back many, 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 many years, but also women has a, have a huge part in this. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about the history of that, because there are many people out there who feel like, oh, you know, I, I can't do this or, but no, listen, this goes back eons. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. So as we mentioned earlier, before we started recording, um, it's really surprising to people to learn that the history of all alcohol, beer, wine, distilled beverages is spiritual, was the starting point for all of these things, even down to bitters, shrubs, infusions that all has medicinal and also spiritual and religious and witchcraft uses that it came from originally. And so, yeah, that's the cool thing with the um, Sumerian woman and Sonankasi was the Sumerian beer and brewing goddess. And they would sing this hymn to her as they were brewing in, in ancient Sumeria. 
alcohol was such a sacred and religious thing as it was for most places where alcohol started, because it was a way to, um, in one way, connecting with the ingredients and kind of in an alchemical process, transforming it into something else from harvest and bounty, but also a way Mm -hmm. to communicate with deities um, and spirits. And so when you look at the, their moon god, Nana, and how Nana ruled over the harvest because they harvested with the moon, um, and then transferring that into a spiritual libation, which Ninkasi was also seen as um, not just the brewing goddess, but every sip, every drop of beer was thought to contain her essence. So she was the Mm. beer. And this was a way for them. They would often drink beer and alcohol in order to communicate with their deities, like the moon god Nana. So it's really cool. I just love digging into that. And also because when you get into ancient Samaria, you get over into kind of the anthropological side of where we get into more patriarchal societies. So the ancient Mm -hmm. Samaria is kind of the last lingering where we see some more... um, more matriarchal or more um, female, if you will, oriented cosmology. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool in that respect too, because like a, the first recorded um, author or writer was a female um, priestess, high priestess of ancient mm-hmm. Sumeria. So it's kind of cool. Oh yeah. I, I love all of that. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about the history and what we talked about first before we dive into, you know, seasonal witchy cocktails, which by the way, can be non-alcoholic. That's why I'm saying go get her book. (laughs) So I know there are people out there like, I don't drink alcohol. Uh, Because that history is so important to understand the source and to understand why different cultures use different things will help strengthen our connection with this process. So that way it's not just a cocktail. I mean, it could be, but you know, there aren't any muggles listening to this podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> We're going to make it witchy. And yeah. And, and the, the reason why I also wanted to emphasize on that is because, you know, some of us are naturally drawn to certain things. And one thing I love also about your book is how you break this down of, you know, alcohol being a physical manifestation of the fruits of the harvest season and the earth's bounty. And so once we start to look at it as, you know what, a lot went into the process of this drink in my hand. And, you know, it continues with Afro-Caribbean practices uses rum. Okay. I, I love that because once we can understand, I'll use rum for this because, um, and again, just looking at my notes here, some things are for help with purification. Others are with clarity. It's again, it goes back to strengthening that connection. So what are some ways people can make that mundane, you know, rum, bottle of rum, bottle of vodka become that magical. Now I'm using this for clarity purification or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And just to backtrack really quickly. And when you mentioned the non-alcoholic beverages, I firmly believe, unless of course, it's like an old fashioned or Manhattan, that any craft cocktail can be made non-alcoholic. You just have to um, Mm. vary the ratios of acid and sugar. That's a big Mm. thing when you're creating a a cocktail is the balance of like lemon or lime with the syrup. So most of these drinks in the book, as well as on my blog, I try and include non-alcoholic recipes for that reason. Um, But yeah, most drinks 
in the book can be made non-alcoholic very easily. And I'm always happy to give people suggestions if they need help with that. But um, it's just as delicious, if sometimes not more delicious and always just as mm. magical with the non-alcoholic version. Um, but yeah, going into the different cultures um, that you mentioned and how to make the mundane magical. I mean, for one thing, that's the most obvious is people oftentimes use different bottles of alcohol as offerings to spirit or deity and so like for example with the rum with the afro-caribbean traditions oftentimes they'll leave rum to specific deities um or rishas and different traditions will as well um like what is it you know for example i'm polish i'm slavic and so vodka is gonna be a go-to for most of my (laughs) my deities those the rumors are true i went to like a airport in Poland once and there was I kid you not a literal wall like an airport wall which is massive with just vodka oh my goodness (laughs) that's my no other yeah I know right there was no other alcohol on that wall and it was it was massive it was I have a video of it it's the most hilarious thing but um you know so when you're connecting to one your ancestral roots especially with Samhain around the corner um it you can pick an alcohol based off of you know what your the cultural background would have used because there's alcohol that originates from all different cultural practices you know some of the um, first recorded wine being made would have been in what is now modern china they have you know a record of like honey with some herbs and other things and so you can kind of look back at that and see what ingredients were common to your own ancestral traditions and use that to come up with a cocktail. And you can leave that cocktail as an offering too. It doesn't just have to be a pure spirit, but in every layer, just kind of looking at what is the intention that you're going for. And then you can use a base cocktail recipe. So if you want to do like taking something more mundane and magical, going back into the lemon drop, because I fucking love lemon drops. Those are my shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's another vodka cocktail, you know? So knowing that lemon is associated with the moon and it's purifying. And so let's say I want to bring down, or also like joy, right? And then we've got the orange liqueur in there too, or triple sec or Cointreau. Picking out different ingredients that I might want to swap. So I've got the lemon in there that's going to help me connect to the moon. We've got the um, orange, which is also for joy. I might throw in some rosemary. I can put the rosemary in a simple syrup. It's just like brewing a tea, you know, you boil some hot water, pour it over the herb, let it Mm. sit for five minutes, and then you pour an equal amount of sugar and that's it. You've got a cocktail syrup. So you can swap out certain things or I can say, I don't really want to do orange liqueur. I, because that's associated with the sun. I want to do violet liqueur instead of orange liqueur um, for Mm. the magical properties that violets might have, like bringing hope. Right. And it's also going to add a cool you know, blue or purple hue to the cocktail. And so you can kind of swap out all of the ingredients to align it more to what it is that you're going for. If I want to purify my energy with the moon or bring in more joy and hope in my life, I can arrange it that way. Mm, I love that. So it, it can really be a fun process. It doesn't have to be, oh my gosh, I don't have the olives. I can't make the cocktail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Have as much fun with it as, as possible. Find out what works for you. It's what you've got on hand. There's so many different ways that you can mix it together. It doesn't have to be, yeah, if you don't have something, you can't make it. No, improvise, improvise all the time. That's how magic happens. Yes. I love that you said that. And I'm not sure, maybe because it's just so much information out there now 
that people feel like it has to be a certain way. And, you know, improvising goes out the window because, oh my God, what if I make a mistake and now my deity's mad because, you know, I substituted wrong or something like that. Well, that's kind of why I was really, one thing, so when I got this book um, deal originally, how I started the process of doing witchcraft cocktails was as a block. Um, and I was working in a bar that let me kind of do these specials on the weekends. So I would do different astrological cocktails for what was happening in the skies. And we'd have a tarot reader come in that I brought in from the metaphysical shop that I was also working at. So people would come in and get like a magical drink and then also get a tarot reading. And so because I had that blog up for a while before my you know publisher found me through the blog and reached out to me, I kind of knew that I wanted this book to be something that we kind of show people not just recipes that you can follow, but also show them, Hey, improvise here. This is how you can make any cocktail magical. It can be as simple as a tequila sunrise, you know, Mm. Um, and switching out a few things. I really wanted to show people. And I still make that my goal of like, you can make whatever cocktail you want magical. You don't have to follow recipe step-by-step. You can make it work for you in whatever way. And that does make it a lot of fun because then you can name cocktails after yourself if you like. (laughs) Oh, I would love that. (laughs) Yeah. At a a bar that I was uh, working at recently, I would just, you know, if people would give me the opportunity, um, I would custom make drinks for them and just ask them what their favorite flavors were or what energy they were going for. And I would custom make them a drink on the spot. So you can really just have fun and, and let your imagination and your magic and creativity go wild. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yes. Let your imagination and creativity go wild. And then you can have your, you know, creative cocktail book of shadows or witchy cocktail book, yes. you know, your personal book of shadows of all these cocktails. And so speaking of energies at the time of this recording, it's Mercury retrograde. And when this go live, it will still be <laughs> Mercury retrograde. And you talk about, um, you know, how we can work with the cosmos to uh, help us craft a cocktail And so when it comes to the Mercury retrograde, what are some um, recommendations you can give us to help us make a really good cocktail for this time? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, just to start with some that I've already made, and then I can give you some ingredient suggestions. Um, In the book specifically, my go-to, no matter what, is going to be this mercurial grounding elixir, um, Mm. which is kind of towards the back of the book. And it uses a chamomile lavender syrup. And the design behind that is associations with mercury and communication within that syrup. And also we know both chamomile and lavender are relaxing, right? Just even aromatherapy and science. Mm-hmm. We know that lavender and chamomile help people relax or soothe or whatever. So you take it to the magical level of knowing they're associated with communication. There's some associations with mercury in those ingredients. And then we're using mint, um, particularly if you can, peppermint is better because that's the one that's associated with mercury, but any mint can do in that drink. Then also you have gin, which has juniper, which is associated with mercury as well, um, as well as some other planets. And it's grounding and cleansing. You've got the lemon, which is cleansing in there. And so that drink is kind of an embodiment for me of like whenever I'm feeling murky retrograde, I'll either go to the alcoholic version or skip the alcohol in that one. It's just it's delicious. It's relaxing. It's calming. So that's kind of an example of of how to do that. Mm-hmm. But you can also um 
There's some good resources like Scott Cunningham, um, his Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, or mm-hmm. um, Sandra Kine's book of correspondences. And you can often go into those books and find um, ingredient references and obviously make sure it's non-toxic, but you can look at you know, mm-hmm. oh, what's associated with mercury or what's associated with love and see what ingredients you have on hand and how you can work with that. Um, and I also put some other concoctions up on my blog recently. You know, you can do something like an old fashioned variations, old fashioned, especially with bourbon, depending on the syrup you use. I use maple in this one and some walnut and hazelnut. It's very grounding. It's very grounding. It's soothing, relaxing. So that's going to help people who are feeling chaotic. You've got the hazelnut and walnut, which is also associated with wisdom. And bourbon itself Mm. is aged in oak barrels. So you don't just have the grain ingredients of which bourbon's made, that energy in bourbon, but you also have that it's infused in oak. So there's just Mm -hmm. so many layers to it. As you can see, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of different ways you can Mm -hmm. cross it all together to make something that works for you. Yes. And, and it's such a, a beautiful uh, mixture because it does involve or, you know, just as a whole cocktails involve the four, um, what would you call it? Elements. I'm about to say energies. I'm like, it's not energies. The air, <laughs> fire. Yeah. You know, you have so many terminologies in your mind. You're like, nope, not it. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that you talked about that because it's also very groundy, right? I'm thinking oak, oak tree, because you mentioned the oak barrels. I'm thinking, okay, is most likely in a dark room and I'm associating oak with the oak tree and deep roots and things like that. So yeah, this is a very relaxing and grounding cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. That the, the old fashioned that I just talked about definitely. And then mm-hmm. you can go the other direction, like make a custom simple syrup of like throwing in a bunch of retrograde ingredients. Like I said, lavender, you can do dried peppermint. Even if you have peppermint tea in your house, mm-hmm. you can use that to make a syrup so easily. Like I said, just make a tea in and then add sugar. And then you can add that to um, cocktails. You can add it to Um, even like tea or iced tea. So now you have this magically concocted syrup from Ruggie Retrograde that you can throw in almost everything you drink. Mm, I love that. Yes, I feel more prepared now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when when technology doesn't work, you know, it's here to to make our lives easier. And when it doesn't work, it's just, are you kidding me? So I need (laughs) that in my life. Yeah, no, I feel that for sure. If it's, if it's ready to go and I can just, and you know, imbibing it, not just smelling it as you're making it Mm -hmm. and drinking it, but having that energy in your body at a cellular level is just amazing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm definitely having a syrup on hand all the time when Mercury Retrograde is happening. (laughs) And so you mentioned this earlier as well. It's in, in your book and I have a note here, tarot and drink. So could we make that a ritual or even a ceremony where maybe we have beer one day or wine or gin, what have you, pull, uh, I don't know, maybe someone would get a Halloween Oracle card deck, shuffle the deck, pull a card, and let that card direct them to a certain cocktail? Oh, yeah, that's a lot of fun. I was thinking in this sense of as you're talking, I was like, oh, yeah, like you want to put together a drink to help your psychic and, you know, enhancement while you're doing a reading. You can definitely do it that way. Mm. I will say there's certain spirits that I've noticed that when I drink them like tequila, it helps enhance (laughs) my psychic readings a little bit. But anyway, (laughs) that's more on a personal (laughs) level. Um, Yeah, you can. I mean, 
there's actually tarot decks out there um, that are herbally based. So you could mm. even, you know, pull a few of those herbal cards together, you know, herbal tarot um, decks and use the herbs as suggestions or even just, yeah, like the Halloween, if you make a do a card reading or something and you know what kind of energy to go for. So let's say I do a reading and I'm in a place, the reading's telling me that, you know, I really need to sit and um, kind of weigh my options and reflect, get some clarity before I make a decision on something. So kind of I need mm-hmm. to wait a little bit. Then I would want to choose a cocktail that's going to help invoke wisdom, right? Um, mm. And help invoke clarity. And and then I might kind of go look up, okay, what things are good for clarity? Most which books will have you know, wisdom or clarity is a listing for herbal associations. And you can kind of do a cocktail based off of that. Um, Or even just, okay, what planet is associated with that? Or what deity is associated with that? And kind of think of what ingredients were sacred to that deity or that planet Mm -hmm. in in different cultures. Oh, yeah, I love that. And I want to backtrack a little bit. So I know it's Mercury retrograde, Virgo and Gemini placements. You you may want to pause and go back. <laughs> yeah, <to laughs> that because I'm a Virgo sun and my rising's a Gemini, so I'm going oh, yeah. through it. I'm going through it. So I just wanna, for those of you who are like, I don't know why I should do it. Go find out if you have Virgo. If if you don't know, you know, like I don't know my rising or you know, go find out because you're probably feeling off. And that's part of the reason. <laughs> so just a little heads up. Just a little, little heads up before we continue. Okay. Yeah, Julia. I love that. <laughs> I meant to mention it and I forgot. So yeah. So yeah, this this season, um, you know, it's it's like I feel like even though I know we are witches all year long, I feel like this is our time. So do you have a a, uh, a personal cocktail that you like to make just for this time for yourself in particular? Um, yeah, there's a few. So number one thing is like, for me, I was one of those nerds that like went to Latin club and Latin class for like four years in high school. I was lucky enough that they offered that. <laughs> so any of, you know, the Greek or Roman deities is something that I do associate with for that reason. So I love working with anything pomegranate because of Persephone around this time. And it's mm. also available, you know, and you think of like even pomegranate juice was sometimes used as a substitute for blood. Right. So when you mm-hmm. think of that, the ancestry and just, you know, the whole witchy vibes too, um, the pomegranate makes a really cool ingredient. So you can either work with fresh pomegranate seeds, throw that into a Moscow mule, if you like, it's so simple, mm. or you can get pomegranate liqueur, which is just fucking delicious. And, mm. And you can put that with good. some champagne, right? Right. It is um, with champagne or I have like a cocktail in my book called Persephone's Descent, which is aligned with that. And I use tequila as the base for that, actually, because the agave plant takes 10 to 20 years, or at least the agave plant that they use for tequila can take up to 20 years to blossom. And wow. they have to watch it really carefully because they need to catch the, what happens is basically the plant is storing all these sugars and right before it's about to blossom, 
it releases the sugars. And that's when they want to harvest it right before it flowers. Because once it flowers, the plant's dead pretty much. So they watch it really quickly. I know it's really cool, right? It's this whole really intricate process. And so they watch it and take up to 20 years. They catch it right before it's about to the flower. The stalk is about to come up and flower. And they use that to make the tequila. And so because it has this interesting life cycle beyond the fact that tequila or agave, I should say, is associated with love and lust, this whole life cycle process is so symbolic to me that I like to work with tequila a lot around Samhain. Um, and also when you think of kind of Day of the Dead with respect to those cultural practices, it makes sense too to use tequila as well to represent life and death and all of that. So yeah. That that used tequila in that cocktail for that reason, um, and work with it a lot as well as pomegranate. And you, so you can make a little pomegranate margarita. Even get some pomegranate juice and just throw that on top, a little half ounce of your normal margarita. Wow, you said so many gems, and I'm just thinking also about uh, one of the the bottles I see pomegranate in, and it's like a little heart shape almost. And I'm just thinking oh, yeah. as you're talking, I'm like, oh my God, duh, this makes so much sense now. They're probably <laughs> witches too. <laughs> like he, he only <laughs> other witches would know. Oh, most definitely. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they know what they're doing. And even when you said, you know, agave is associated with love and lust. And I'm thinking of all the people who are just like, yeah, I had tequila and I don't know what came over me. And that's then, you know, I was pregnant, you know, and you know, here we are. John's cool with it. <laughs> Like you always hear like, yeah, me and my husband decided to stay in, you know, we, you know, we, we don't even like going out, but we just had Terramana and next thing you know, baby number two, <laughs> they unknowingly invoked all that love and lust that they have for each other, you know? So yeah. Yeah. It's a tequila is definitely one of, I, I love all alcohol, but tequila is one of my top favorites because it just has such a poignant effect, you know, that's really different mm-hmm. to me than other alcohol, but yeah, that's so funny. I love that. <laughs> And and I know we were talking a little bit about this earlier. I'm a vodka woman. So, you know, when I was reading your book and I got to, and I'm going to get this right, it's highlighted here, which is uh, Cosmo. I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm going to have to try this one. And this one is for protection, cleansing, and balance. And I'm thinking back to my partying days. I'm like, you know, when I was partying, I ordered vodka on the rocks. That was not on my mind. But I appreciated the properties of that because there was some balance there. I was always the friend that said, all right, everyone had their keys, card, we're good. Everyone's accounted for. So I feel like still (laughs) it was working in its own way. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I'll talk to you a little bit about like how I came up with the the idea for that cocktail in general, but um, even just at the level of vodka. So vodka is an interesting one energy wise. So I actually worked at a vodka distillery and in the U S a lot of people have a misconception that vodka has to be made from potatoes or something. Mm -hmm. Actually, vodka can be made from actually any organic substance, but it has to be brought to a very high proof in distillation that Mm -hmm. other spirits don't have to be brought to. So I, for example, I have in my cupboard a vodka made from strawberries. Um, 
but because so it can change energy based off of what the base ingredient is but since it is brought to such a high distillation and such a high proof before water is added to make it you know within legal drinking limit if you're in the u.s (laughs) they they have all the high proof stuff over in europe and poland anyway but um that's where i go to no yeah (laughs) That's good to know. Next time I go to Europe, we'll have to bring back some, a nice bottle for you or something, but um, yeah. Right. So, but because it's brought to such a high proof of distillation, it has for the most part, there are lingering flavors of the base ingredients. Vodka is really, to me, a spirit that embodies just the clarity, being able to, you know, separate things out to its spirit and um, which is a funny word to use in the circumstance, but <laughs> of spirits and spirit, but really it brings a lot of clarity and can take on a lot of energy that it's used with. So it will enhance things. I think maybe I might call vodka like the, the quartz of the um, libation world, but anyway, so putting it mm-hmm. into the Cosmo Cosmo from a bartending and craft cocktail perspective is all about balance because in order to get that pink, pink color that it's famous for, you have mm. to have a balance between the palm or um, the cranberry juice, which slip of the tongue. You can also try a Cosmo with pomegranate juice if you like for um, the season. And then also the balance between the lime juice. If you get too much, you're not going to get that pink color. It'll be more red. It'll be more muted. And so even just in how it's put together from the bartending level, to me, a Cosmo is a cocktail of balance. And then I wanted to go and add certain ingredients. We know vodka can be purifying. It can be great for clarity as well as some protective elements. And then you've got cranberry, which cranberry is great for protection. That's a, a go-to ingredient for protection all the time. Lime is really good for hex breaking. Um, so, you know, again, that cleansing aspect, orange liqueur. So orange is, again, going to be one of those ingredients that really makes you kind of boost your mood, makes you feel jovial. You know, um, you think of drinking orange juice in the morning, right? Something that gives you mm-hmm. energy and, and peps you up a little bit. So it's a great ingredient for kind of boosting the mood. And then you also, I created um, a rosemary saffron syrup and that's a cocktail syrup. I like to use a lot for, for power um, or for cleansing or balance because you've got the psychic enhancement and the power associations of saffron and then you mix it with rosemary, which is also cleansing peace associated as well as enhancing psychic abilities. And you put it in this cocktail and now you have this aligned drink that not just in what represents a Cosmo balance, you have all of these aspects that to me are ingredients I'd work with as a witch to like balance after a long day. Cause it's going to help me tune to my psychic power. It's going to help me cleanse, get rid of any energies. Mm. And you can also put some of these ingredients in a bath, you know, um, wow. Some cranberry oil, some dried lime peel or lime essential oil, some orange peel or orange essential oil, throw in fresh saf- um, rosemary and a little bit of saffron into a tub. And you drink this cocktail at the same time and you're just cleansed from the inside and the outside. Wow. You're rocking my world right now. Honestly, <laughs> who wants to live a normal life and you can be bathing in this and drinking it? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, this is yeah. so great. And and to, to oh, you go ahead. 
Oh, no, it's just and even for me on my end, you know, someone who makes these drinks all the time and, and lives in it. And it, it brings me such joy when I give people these cocktails and mm-hmm. you can instantly see it connects with them. It's a lot of fun to like custom make things for people or when I make drinks for like the Pisces moon or Virgo moon. And it aligns with where people are at in their lives and they mm-hmm. sip it. And it's just you can see that transformation or that. Wow, it's 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 really unique and a lot of fun. Yeah. And and that's exactly what I'm thinking is, you know, to have that sense of appreciation, you know, it, as you know, you have your book, it strengthens that connection and we can really reap the benefits of its properties because we are receptive or at least more receptive to them. So I can only imagine that first sip is like, ah, right. Like it feels, it feels good. (laughs) Yes. I can't wait for you to make this drink. You're going to have to tell me how it goes. (laughs) Yes, most definitely. And I didn't know that you can make vodka, you know, with so I I know like Puff Daddy has, you know, the uh, the grapes that he used for Ciroc, but I I didn't know. And this is the first time making this public. Like I want to actually own my own vodka line one day. And I'm just like, what? I was like, you could do what? I'm like, this is just. (laughs) Like I have like notes upon notes of like names and all these things I want to do with the, my, my, my vodka line that has yet, it will exist one day, but it will, talking, it will let me know. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah, we got to do a collab or something. I'm just like, yeah, I would love wow. that. <laughs> love that. That's just so amazing. So I have a very, oh, go ahead. Oh no, you can go ahead. I'll, this can wait. <laughs> Oh no, I was gonna say I have a very serious question for you. Like this is this is serious. So yeah. I have a party. I have people, some some people don't drink alcohol, some people do, you know. What are some good go-to drinks that's pretty much like the the uh like the vanilla chocolate and strawberry, if you will, ice cream? You know, that's just like here, like this is pretty oh. much everyone likes it, everyone's okay with this. We don't have Rocky Rose, but you'll like this, you know, like something that's just yeah. like cool for people. Yeah. I would want to cover the different um, spirits just because that makes it okay. Like, for example, to me, an easy go-to would be an old fashioned. It's mm-hmm. got the most minimal of ingredients in it. You can make it like that, you know? Um, so that's an easy go-to for me. And then the fun thing about it is what you can do to make it really easy. A lot of people don't know this. You can pre-mix drinks for the most part. I wouldn't um, pre-mix it like too far in advance. You can do it like the morning of or the night before. And the reason why Mm. I say that is because, of course, I am the one at parties that ends up making cocktails on the spot (laughs) all the time. Then you spend the whole night making drinks for everyone. So I have started the habit of the night before, the morning before, um, Mm. I will pre-mix them and just put it in a, in a bottle. Um, and so let's say I do an old fashioned for one, and then you can also make one syrup, one syrup. So let's say lavender chamomile syrup, and I can use that for three different drinks. So I'll do one, you know, lavender chamomile old fashioned, maybe, or I can choose, you know, even a rosemary simple syrup and put that in an old fashioned and it makes it unique. You can talk to people about it. I would definitely do, you know, vodka or gin spritzers, like the Mercurial grounding elixir is kind of a spritzer, except it's um, with tonic instead of soda water. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can also, so, you know, vodka, 
ounce and a half lemon juice, ounce and a half of that simple syrup, and an ounce and a half to two ounces of, of soda water or something like that. And especially with the lavender chamomile and the lemon, like everyone fucking loves lavender lemonade, you know? So that's an oh, easy one yes. people and are going to so go pretty. to, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And all you do is you just grab some dried lavender, dried chamomile. Um, you can use, again, tea bags and turn that into a syrup, one and done. And then you can also probably, what's another one? I'm trying to think for my, we would want to do rum or tequila for the last concoction. If I'm going with three options, hmm. mm-hmm. punch is always a go-to for people. And that's also one that you can pre-make ahead of time. So there's um, the witch's cauldron in my book, which I did design to be a punch um, that you can like put dry ice in being careful that you don't accidentally um, give yourself frostbite with that one. But Um, what's another one that's really easy go to, I mean, the Cosmo might be Cosmo requires more ingredients. Oh, sorry. I love alcohol. I'm like lemon drops. All these things (laughs) are popping into my head. Um, Maybe something like a tequila sunrise for a Halloween party. And the reason why I say that is because um, with the grenadine, so grenadine is actually, um, people get confused a lot of time. Grenadine is pomegranate based. And mm-hmm. so you have more of those Samhain associations. So if you're throwing a Halloween party or something, um, it's really simple. It's got just a few ingredients in it. You know, you've got the tequila, you've got the orange juice and the grenadine, and you can throw in some extra stuff if you want. Then what you can do is you can, um, craft kind of if you want you can turn the drink um black if you wanted to with some activated Mm. charcoal i would just be careful that you monitor the amount because if people are on certain medications you got to be careful of activated charcoal but you can turn drinks black and then you got the pomegranate um the grenadine syrup which is really thick and kind of blood colored right and so you put that in the bottom of the drink as a tequila sunrise would be. And you've got this really kind of witchy looking concoction for Halloween. That's super easy and only requires a few ingredients. So that would be another one I'd go to. Wow. That's, that is so cool. And for those listening, like, Oh, I don't know how much to pour. Julia has you covered. There's a whole chapter about tools and everything. So don't (laughs) feel overwhelmed. Okay. You're, You're getting, even though it's a lot of information, this is still like, just a portion of what's going down inside her book. So don't worry about getting overwhelmed. You know, it's, it's, trust me, it's user-friendly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did my best to make it user-friendly and even on my blog, you know, if people don't necessarily want to get the book just yet, although now would be the time with Halloween, you can check out my blog. There's a bunch of free resources on there and free recipes, um, at witchcraft cocktails. So you can use those two for reference. And I'm all about making it simple. You know, if you don't want to invest in a jigger to measure your ingredients, well, guess what? Ounces convert to tablespoons. So you can use your tablespoon measure that you'll probably have at home anyway to mix a few drinks on the spot until you want to invest in some cocktail tools. So it, there's ways to improvise and make it work as cost efficiently as possible. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, you know, just remember, make it fun. Don't overthink it. Don't, you know, get, you know, this is not, you know, a a contest and, you know, (laughs) or, you know, uh, cocktail wars. This is you enjoying the process, (laughs) you know, just really 
understanding the ingredients and just having a newfound appreciation for the things that you've been drinking for a while, or maybe you want to try something new, you know? Yeah. And actually on that note, for one thing, I'm like, it's cocktail wars an actual show because that would be a lot of fun um, for me (laughs) at least. But but the second note is like another way to kind of improvise and have fun with it is, you know, I've had some people reach out to me and they're like, I want a, I really like this cocktail, but I want to use it for a slightly different energy. Can I swap the base alcohol? I'm like, yeah, you can switch it from vodka to gin if you like to like use it for this specific purpose. So you can totally do that with recipes in this book or blog or even online anywhere. You can swap out the alcohol and see how it tastes. You know, obviously I like to pour like half increments when I'm taste testing something. So that way I don't waste mm-hmm. all the alcohol. Um mm-hmm. But that way you can, you know, make it work for whatever purpose. If you're like, oh, this drink is almost perfect as a, you know, a devotional drink to Freya, but I need the alcohol base isn't working for me. Well, then just change it, you know, Um, and it can Mm -hmm. usually be just as good, if not better. Exactly. And in the book, Julia does uh, give several um, properties for beer, wine, you know, brandy, vodka, gin, so forth. So, you know, whiskey. So don't, don't think like, oh my gosh, I don't know. And I got to like do a whole bunch. Again, it's really well broken down so you can understand, you know, so when you do want to swap something out, at least you can understand what you're swapping out for, especially when you feel like you should replace, and I'm just making it up, like instead of, you know, vodka, gin, like, but why, why would I pick gin? I don't drink gin. Well, now you understand why without the feeling of, eh, maybe I shouldn't do that. So, you know, just focus on getting more acquainted with uh, some of the, the things that you, again, drink or probably will now drink because now it's like you are, I don't want to say like starting a new relationship, but it's like you're, you're getting deeper into something that's already there. It's like, oh, snap, that is magical. I don't, if only yeah. I knew, <laughs> you know, before. Yeah, it's every like literally it's just so funny because like coming into the craft cocktail movement from the witchcraft perspective and like, oh, all these bitters recipes that you use in a cocktail like Angostura bitters that dates from the 1800s. And that was something that someone had created in order to help with stomach issues. So, again, mm-hmm. healing aspects and even further back, you know, all of the base alcohols come from um, a spiritual base. And I did want to say really quickly, I know that people are afraid of gin. Let me tell you, you mix gin correctly or you get a specific type of gin. Um, I like to use New Amsterdam Stratosphere personally. It's very approachable for me in price point and also flavor. Um, Just try some of these gin cocktails. Trust me, you'll be surprised that you like it, even if you don't like gin. It's a lot of fun. Oh, thank you for that. Because I was going to ask you uh, some of the things that people get concerned about when it's their first time crafting a cocktail. Yeah, definitely. Like people, there's certain alcohol that people stay away from. Like um, gin is one of them, tequila. I've (laughs) met a lot of people recently and this upsets me inside. And I get everyone has their own alcohol that they prefer. um, But I've met a lot of people recently that don't like vodka because they had a bad experience from college with it. (laughs) You know, this just breaks my heart. That breaks my heart too. (laughs) And I'm like, come on. You know, anyway, so, um, but you know, people have to do what's right for them, but still. So people will usually have a different type of alcohol that they're tentative about. And usually when it comes to those things, it's really about um, 
what you know, or the flavor of the spirit and how it's mixed. Mm. So for example, there's things like scotch and mezcal. Both of those have more of what people would describe as a smoky flavor to them, Mm. which a lot of people won't like by itself. But if you pair things correctly, so for example, um, scotch goes really well with shrubs because shrubs are vinegar based. And so I even put a cocktail in my book and I've also done some more recently using scotch with a shrub um, because it, it, the smokiness goes well in that way. So, you know, just kind of, even if you don't like a spirit, learning how to work with it or mix it correctly will help you develop a different appreciation for it because there's certain things that aren't going to taste quite right in a certain drink, but then you try it with more aligned ingredients and it's great. So that's another thing that people, you know, probably get a little tentative about working with, with certain drinks. Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad that you brought that up. And, you know, even with the, the previous example, I I used to be one of those people that's like, no more tequila for me. I can't stand the smell because I just had a lot of tequila in my twenties. It was just to the point where (laughs) it was like, we're done. I can't, I like the smell alone, but then and and I think maybe because he's very spiritual and I'm I'm not saying it's because he's he's been like one of my celebrity crushes since I was like a teenager and all that, but the rock <laughs> and his terramana <laughs> now I can drink tequila again. I'm like it's smooth, it's good, but he talks yes. about uh the, the meaning behind it. So for those who are like, you know, I, I, you know what, you probably just had bad vodka. It probably just wasn't a good yeah. vodka. You probably wasn't yes. distilled five times. I just love that. You know, <laughs> probably wasn't <distilled laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. So well, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even know the Rock had a. The Rock has a tequila line. Oh yes, yes. So his facility is in Mexico, and <laughs> following the journey. And it is good. It is, it's, to me, I feel like it's as smooth as some of the vodka that I drink. And I wow. never thought I would come across a vodka that's smooth. Like I used to drink 1800 back in the day. But like I said, I just think it was just so much of it <laughs> that I just couldn't take the smell anymore. But yeah, uh, with his vodka, I, I want to say it's odorless. I don't remember smelling anything, but it's just so smooth. And I'm going to have to try it. I didn't even know yeah. this existed. Yes, yes. And I think the price, I don't remember the price point. And it's probably because I'm like, it's the rock. I'm going to buy it. But <laughs> I, I think the price point is reasonable. Uh, but don't hold me to that. But uh, it mixes well. Um, and I'm trying to think the, the cocktail I had. Well, my best friend mixed it for me. Oh, I don't remember. But it's it's good. It, it's it's really good. And, you know, he has the, um, like I, I was saying, he talks about the family and, you know, the mana, the energy behind it and stuff like that. So there, there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> spirituality behind his, his uh, tequila. And I think, I love that. At least for me. Yeah. That's, that's what helped me. So yeah, he actually breaks down what terramana means and things like that. So it, it was really cool to to hear that so I'm not pressuring anyone but I'm, I'm just saying if you feel like you know maybe you're, you you are drawn to something like I don't know I had you know two dollar you know vodka or two dollar wine whatever back in college or whatever the case may be maybe revisit it but again no pressure because you can make these cocktails also without alcohol you know, and that brings up a good point because there's a reason why there are so many different brands of tequilas, of vodkas, of gins. Mm-hmm. If they were all tasting the same, 
people wouldn't be buying them. You know, there's some gins that I know I'm stay away from because they're a little too in the face for me. Right. Mm -hmm, So it's mm -hmm. like, there's, if you in the past had a pre bad experience with certain types of alcohols, usually it can be a bunch of sugar and additives they add in. Not every spirit is made with the same quality. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's, and you know what, like when you go to little like wine shops, they usually have these small tester bottles um, that like are five bucks or less. And they're just a few ounces in there. And so that's a way to taste different spirits before investing in it. Mm-hmm. And I actually, when I was trying to enter some competitions, when I first started bartending, that's how I would sample different flavors before I invested in a full bottle is I would get those small sample ones and just add a little bit to the drink to see how it tasted before I went off and bought a whole bunch of it. Oh, that's, that's a really good strategy. Yeah. Especially when say someone is not familiar with gin, you can probably get, you know, small bottles, like a trial size. That's, that's really interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. It makes it more, and they even beyond the, the smaller, like, you know, 750 or not 750 milliliters, they're like 750 milliliters, a huge bottle, but <laughs> the small <laughs> bottles, they also have like ones that are just a size up that aren't a full bottle, but also like a smaller sample size. Mm. So if you don't want to spend 30 bucks on something, you can get like the smaller size for 15 or something. Anyway, that's just that's me. Awesome. But, um, <laughs> that's why I lived in the Bay area and was on a budget, <laughs> you know, that Bay area life. So <laughs> I couldn't, yeah. So that's so funny. Yeah, I, I haven't been in California in a while, but when I was there, I had because um, I was I was I was in San, I was in San Fran, San Francisco, yes. and mm-hmm. it, it was this one drink that uh, it, it was it was definitely strong. And I went, did it have a little smoky feel? I, I forget. Um, but anyway, the guy who I was with my friend, he's like, I, I, you know, buy around the drinks. He said that. Uh, people in San Fran purchase that drink or that whatever it is the most like in the world like that's their thing there and I can't remember the name of it but I I just remember it had a little bit of not smoky I don't know how to to describe it but it was thick and it was definitely strong like you only needed like one glass of it and you were good and I just thought like wow it's interesting going back to what you were saying like the different brands is it's interesting how even as a collective you know certain um beverages is is just their thing you know like when when you're yeah. here you drink this <laughs> yes absolutely I'm, i i can't think of what cocktail that would be i'm like yeah i you don't know, remember i mean i didn't live in me. san francisco i was more in like the oakland bay area side of things mm-hmm. but um i had I to know. look That's... it up and see yeah Anyway, so actually (laughs) another thing that kind of like popped into my head on the subject of the Bay Area and getting back to the magic of just alcohol itself um, and also like on the subject of beer, which you mentioned too, beer has beer and wine they have so many different spiritual properties you've got um in fact beers used for purification a lot um and there's even beer spas in europe and they're trying to bring some here so i guess people will take baths in beer and things like that it's super like it's got all these interesting things going on for it that's kind of fun on the witchcraft side and then making a beer cocktail and then even wine um, you asked me earlier, like a go-to recipe for a party. I almost forgot mold wine or um, cider is a great choice. And especially I love the mold wine because this way, like, let's say you open a bottle of wine one night 
and you're not going to finish the rest of it, you can turn it into mold wine. And that way you don't have to worry about like, you can just reuse a bottle that might otherwise go bad or go old. Um, and then you have something you just spoon into people's cups um, and you can chill it as a sangria or you can Ooh. have it warm as a, you know, as, again, mold wine um, and mold wine dates back to ancient Rome, where when the cold was coming on, they'd often cook um, wine with these different herbs to protect them from the cold. Apparently it may also have been because they didn't have the technology that we do now. So they're their mm-hmm. wines didn't taste that great. <laughs> as as now. Oh, no. um, but that's just another fun one for Halloween that people, people can do. But I was going to say um, when I worked in the Bay area and worked at a vodka distillery and I was really lucky that the, I worked for hanger one vodka and the head st- distiller at the time was female. And that's super rare in the industry for some mm-hmm. reason, even though it started off with women for the most part, um, the industry is very male dominated today. And so I was lucky working under a female distiller and she, um, Kaylee Shoemaker, and she actually, when you make alcohol, you always cut it with water because it's again, illegal to sell it high proof. And so the water that you add to that alcohol adds another layer of flavor and perhaps also properties. And so, you know, people are going to use spring water. You'll see them market that or filtered water. Mm. Um, she actually created this um, line called Fog Point Vodka, where they would source, put these fog catchers around high points in the Bay Area. And basically, as the fog rolled in, it would condense on these nets. And they would use this in like South what? America at um, high altitudes to provide them with access to water. So she brought that up here and she would use that condensed fog water um, to blend with this vodka. And you can just taste because I got to taste the fog water by itself too, working there. But also in that wow. vodka itself, you can taste that water. And, you th- and everyone knows water is magical AF, right? Like we all know mm-hmm. you can make so that's just another layer of magic to know about your spirits wow i would never and wow that's so impressive wow yeah just wow wow that's all i can say (laughs) wow so any final uh thoughts i know we covered so much but any final words Final words. Um, you know what? Just have fun with your magic. Try making some spirited libations that are aligned. They'll really wow you. You'll really feel a difference when you intentionally put together ingredients. And there's plenty of resources online, so don't be intimidated. You can make mm. something magical really easily. Yeah, this this has been educational. Like I, I am just so excited for the people listening because, you know, again, just as I was saying throughout this episode is now I I personally have a newfound appreciation for alcohol. And now I just want to go and look at, you know, like, Oh, what's, what's in here now? Like, Oh, well, Julia told me. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You know, if you're going to put a dressing on your candle um, for Mm -hmm. love and you're going to use hibiscus and lavender and rose, like why not turn that into syrup? Why not infuse that into a vodka and put it in a lemon drop, you know, or I mean, there's so many different things you can do to also put it in a cocktail that you drink, that you share with other people. I mean, it's just a lot of fun. So there's so many different ways to work with it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm just imagining like, you know, girls weekend. 
come over. We'll, we'll make a certain cocktail for whatever we want to do. We want to increase love. All right, let's pull some tarot cards. Let's see. You know, okay, boom, we're going to make a cocktail based off of it. Like, I am just thinking of all the things now I want to do. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that sounds like a great time anyway. So that's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, you know, once again, thank you so much for coming yeah, thank on you. the show. It has been, yeah, so much fun. Again, educational. And I just love even tapping into the history of it because, you know, that's the source. That's what we need to understand. And again, yeah, this has been on so many levels. So great. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Oh, yeah. No problem. And to everyone listening, you know, I am sending you so many blessings, lots of love. You know, I'm rooting for you. Remember to be kind to yourself. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in, Magical One. Let's keep in touch. Join the VIP email list by going to tmariejohnson.com. And as always, I'm sending you lots of love, many blessings. I'm rooting for you. And remember to be kind to yourself. Until next time.